Alrighty. Welcome everyone to Football Addicts Anonymous podcast on the Monday show. As always, you got Chris Cherry with me here. Well, I'm uh, back. What's up? This is number 50 for this show, uh, including all the previous shows we had when we did it on Wednesday uh, last year. But uh, mm-hmm. I counted them into the Monday show because the Monday show was the OG show. So, number 50 here. Uh, good milestone. Ready for the next 50. Mm-hmm. But it is Super Bowl week, my friend. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> Can't believe we got here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I mean, the aside from a couple rearranged games, there was no canceled games this season, which was a good thing, so... Yeah. We're finally here. One more game to go in the 2020 season. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. Uh, a lot of stuff to shake out in the off season coming up. But uh, before we talk about the Super Bowl, we got some news, especially one big piece of news that we'll talk about, as well as the recap of the Senior Bowl that took place on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> The national team beat the American team 27-24. to 24. Uh, No defensive stats were calculated on ESPN, so I don't have any defenders on there, but I do have some notes on a couple of guys uh, that I'll talk about after we talk about the stats. Um, but Kellen Mann was the leading passer. It was easier for him to be the leading passer considering... Uh, Mac Jones didn't play with his ankle injury that he sustained during the week uh, mm-hmm. for the American team. Michael Carter was the leading rusher and really the only uh, guy that really had any rushing yard statistics. Uh, most of the running backs were very ineffective uh, defenses, easily being able to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. Uh, the leading receiver in this one. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to go first, Chris, or I I can... (laughs) I mean, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the the game because I was busy, but um, just to recap, the national team was the Dolphins, right? Yes. Okay. Um... But yeah, the uh, based on the rosters, though, I I'm kind of surprised that this was as close as it was. I thought that the national team was a little bit better, or not a little bit. I thought they were a lot better, I should say. But um, again, I didn't get the chance to watch the game, so I didn't know. I don't know if this was if the score actually tells the story, or if it was kind of a catch up for American, or if even the national team came from behind. Yeah, uh, well, it was 13 nothing, uh at half, I believe, for the national team. And, uh, yeah, the American played a lot better in the second half. Kellen Mond played the first and third quarters. Uh, Jamie Newman playing the second and fourth quarters. But uh, um, the American also scored late. Uh, to make it the three-point game. wasn't any kickoffs or onside kicks, so uh, they didn't have a shot to get the ball back. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought the American team was going to win, but that was with Mac Jones. If Mac Jones would have played, I, I would have expected the American team to win. Um, but without him, uh, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman couldn't do enough. I thought Kellen Mond looked okay. Um as far as Jamie Newman went for the American team, second quarter, he was terrible. Uh, very uncomfortable in the pocket. Um, you know, he got hit a lot, sacked a lot. And mm-hmm. it looked exactly what uh, I kind of expected for Jamie Newman. That's why all in the beginning of the college season before – he opted out uh, I was like JT Daniels is the better quarterback anyways should go with JT Daniels for Georgia mm-hmm. which everyone saw what JT Daniels did <laughs> after he actually finally got in um, yeah. 
But yeah, Jamie Newman did play better in the in his second uh, quarter in the fourth. Um, very efficient, but uh, mm-hmm. not a lot of downfield stuff. He he threw an interception early on in the second quarter, and that kind of limited his limited his um, I guess mental game for throwing mm-hmm. down the field. He was scared to throw down the field a lot more after mm-hmm. he threw the interception. Um, yeah. Um, no, I was going to make a comment on that, too, because you were saying how bad of a game he had. But I was going to say his completion percentage is pretty good, 10 for 14, which comes out to 71%. But, uh, yeah, like like you said, uh, the yardage doesn't look like it was there. I mean, he had, what, 11.8 yards per completion, mm-hmm. which is all right. But Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh I have a notes on a bunch of guys here, so uh, we'll start off defensively. Uh, these notes kind of just are in order of the game and what I saw as it went on. Uh, so we'll start off with small school guy, uh, NC Central corner Brian Mills. Very inconsistent, especially early on. I think he got better as the game went on, but he got picked on a lot. Uh, I don't know the exact amount of targets he got against him. Um, but he did not look good on early on. He looked overmatched being from uh, NC Central and not an FBS school. Mm-hmm. As far as another guy that's small school guy, uh, Northern Iowa's Ellerson Smith defensive end, he, on the other hand, had a good day. Uh, he had a couple of tackles for loss, uh, as well as some QB uh, pressures. I thought he made himself some money. Uh, looked pretty good out there uh, for Northern Iowa. And I already kind of talked about Kellen Mond, but it was a, sort of a tale of two halves for him. Uh, like I said, it was 13 nothing at halftime for the national team, so wasn't <laughs> there was a lot of room to improve. Uh, for the American team quarterbacks in the second half. Kellamon in the third quarter I thought looked really good. Had the two touchdown drives. Um, and really looked like he did pretty much all season uh, at Texas A&M this year. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers. Um, a bunch of guys actually looked good at wide receiver here. So... Uh, can see on there amari rogers from clemson four catches 23 yards and a touchdown uh i thought he looked great slot machine uh had a bunch of catches in traffic and they went to him pretty often he had kind of a lull in the middle of the game where he wasn't targeted a lot but uh beginning and end of the game uh they went to him and another wide receiver who is a guy that's switching positions UCLA's uh, Demetric Felton only had two catches for 28 yards, uh, did have the touchdown, but uh, he got targeted a lot, uh, and he had also a great week of practice overall, so uh, really a good overall week uh, culminated by the game. Uh, Just electric off the line of scrimmage. Start-stop ability is off the charts. Uh, I'm excited to see... Uh, what he looks like at his pro day coming up. Another wide receiver, uh, the leading receiver in the game, Des Fitzpatrick from Louisville. Uh, Quality underneath guy. He was the leading receiver from the start of the game, really. Uh, The first two passes for the national team went to Des Fitzpatrick, uh, and they targeted him often throughout the game, which I was very surprised. He was a guy that I didn't know too much about until the game um but leading receiver in the game (laughs) the quarterbacks are very comfortable with him oh yeah and another defensive guy that had a good game uh miami's defensive end quincy roche uh a lot of pressure on the quarterback uh as well as he was fantastic in the run game as well um, he was matched up a lot against Alabama's uh, Deontay Brown, 
the guard. Uh, and really, I mean, anyone he went against, especially in the run game, he he handled his stuff. And there was not a lot of line movement when they went to his side uh, for the run. Another uh, defensive guy that I had, which I had mentioned in our Senior Bowl preview on Friday, Washington's corner, Keith Taylor. Uh, Great positioning all game for him. Uh, I believe he was the one that tipped the ball uh, up to his teammates on the Jamie Newman interception. Uh, So good tip drill by him. But, yeah, uh, Keith Taylor is a guy that I, again, didn't really know too much about until this week. Um, so look for him to rise a little bit in the pre-draft. Uh, and finally, we'll, I have one running back. The Like I said, the only running back that stood out, uh, Michael Carter there from North Carolina. Very elusive and broke a lot of tackles. He had a long run. Um, that set up the national team's first touchdown drive um, that he juked out two or three defenders on his way uh, to a, a big gain, getting them down inside the red zone there. So that is all the notes I had. Those are the guys that I saw stand out slash struggle uh, a lot in the game Uh, really wish i would have been able to see quinn miners from wisconsin whitewater uh flores didn't let him play uh because of his broken hand but uh he made he easily made himself some money i could see him going round three Mm -hmm. Uh, i uh i kind of wish that the uh the alabama guys played i mean i know Devontae smith is still gonna be i'll say top 10 um but Mac Jones, him getting hurt, I think, kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, well, in more ways than one, obviously. Because I think if he had played, he might have been able to raise his stock a little bit. I mean, I know we talked about it last week when we were talking about the roster, but uh, I think if he had been able to play, he could have solidified himself as a, like you were even saying, he could have pushed himself into the first round. Um but I think he definitely would have been able to push himself into the second round if he played. Yeah, I mean, I think with his week of practice, uh, he did enough that um, teams are still going to discuss him in the first round, Uh, especially late. I mean, you have a couple teams that are in the 20s uh, that are going to possibly be looking at quarterbacks, especially the Colts. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets take him at 23. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. If And there's always the, the trade-ins as well uh, for mm-hmm. that fifth-year option from first-round picks. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he's able to go for his pro day or not. Um which I think I think he will be good. They it, they said it was just minor ankle injury, so uh, mm-hmm. they just didn't want to stress it with the game. When is Alabama's pro day? I am not exactly sure. The list that I have coming up in the NCAA news is the couple schools that uh, I saw um, in just a single tweet <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I am not exactly sure when their pro day is. Um, can actually see. Yeah, I I have not. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's not online, so they might not have announced it yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, the the one that I saw is just, the list that I have is the only ones that I see so far. Mm-hmm. But that's in March, so we still got a month 
to go <laughs> until we get to pro day season. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, shout out to Kenny Yaboa from the national team. Uh, Durfee talked about him on Friday. Uh, he's Durfee's boy, so uh, had a good game, scored a touchdown there as well. All right, uh, let's go to the NCAA news. Like I said, list of pro days that I have uh, in chronological order. So we start off uh, March 18th for the Auburn pro day. Um, Looking at uh, KJ Britt, the linebacker there. That's one guy that comes to mind when I think of Auburn this year. Um, Florida State on March 22nd. Uh, Hampson Nazareldine, the big corner slash safety, will be there. Boston College on uh, March 26th. Tight end Hunter Long, uh, I think, is is the guy there. And then the big one, uh, also March 26th, BYU, Zach Wilson, uh, as well as... um, why am I blanking on the guy's name? Wide receiver Dax Milne, also uh, yeah. there. Two guys I love from BYU. Uh, March 26th, a busy day because we also have Michigan. Uh, I'm trying to think of Michigan guys. Nico Collins, the wide receiver. Uh, you also have fullback Ben Mason. Uh, and then also March 26th, Virginia Tech. Darisol, uh, Christian Darisol, the tackle, top five tackle, uh, offensive tackle there. Uh, biggest, easily the biggest Virginia Tech prospect this year. Uh-huh. March 29th is Miami. You have Jalen Phillips, Quincy Roche, the two edge rushers, uh, as well as a lot of other guys. Miami always has guys. Um, but, yeah, Roche and Phillips are both uh, talked about in round one this year. March 30th, Louisville. Uh, before the Senior Bowl, I wouldn't have had anyone to think about from Louisville, but now there's Des Fitzpatrick. Uh, he'll be a mid-round guy, I think. So look for him at the Louisville Pro Day. And then finally... Uh, another big one, March 31st, Florida, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, Trayvon Grimes. Uh, all those guys will be there uh, at Florida's Pro Day. So, yeah, that is the list I have for now. Uh, I haven't heard anything about other Pro Days being scheduled so far. Uh, it's going to be tough for people to get... Uh, evaluations out of pro days considering they can't actually work the prospect out themselves um they just have to watch and see (laughs) (laughs) and i forgot uh to shout out also in the senior bowl the guy at the bottom there kicker riley patterson from memphis uh great day perfect on the day, two of two field goals, 36 long, and three of three extra points as well. And uh, before we get into the NFL news, the other college all-star game that happened this weekend, the Hula Bowl last night in Hawaii. Your boy won the game, Chris. Rex Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Coached. uh, It was... I'm trying to think of the other team name. I know the one team was Team Kai. Uh, I can't remember the other team that was coached by Mike Singletary. I can't remember what their name was. Uh, but, yeah, Rex Ryan beat Mike Singletary in the Hula Bowl. Um, a lot of smaller prospects uh, there. All right. I honestly didn't even know that that was a thing, and now that I do – I think it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was I was just thinking that, like, they have this all-star game for the seniors, but what about all the other draft prospects that there are? And 
because, like I said, I've never even heard of the hula ball before. Um, but it's nice to know that the lesser players kind of get an opportunity there. Yeah, that that one's not as publicized as the Senior Bowl, the East-West Shrine game, um, mm-hmm. as well as the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. But mm-hmm. uh, the Hula Bowl has actually been going on for quite a while. Uh, I don't remember the exact uh, year that it started, but I know it's been, I'm pretty sure, at least 60 years running. Uh in Hawaii and actually uh, the hula ball was probably going to be the last game uh, played at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii Um, they are building a new stadium I believe or switching stadiums. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, 1947 uh, was the first hula bowl. So, yeah. Long time running there. All right. Let's get into it. Here we go. Trade. <laughs> Trade time. Uh, Mark is not here. Why is Mark not here? Why does he have to coach basketball? He should be talking his rams instead. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we do have some of his thoughts because he t- was texting about it with us in our group chat. But um, yeah, when I saw this, I was not surprised at the team he was going to. But then looking at the package, it was kind of crazy. Um, but when you really think about it, one of those first round picks that the Lions are getting are basically to compensate for Jared Goff. And his large contract. Yeah, so uh, you can see here the Lions get a third-round pick this year, first-round pick in 22, first-round pick in 23, quarterback Derek Goff. The Rams getting quarterback Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, well, I think that they had to pay two firsts because, one, they didn't get a first this year. It's two future firsts. Yeah. Plus the contract of Jared Goff, uh, a salary dump essentially from the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, it's crazy too because I saw a tweet go out after this trade was announced that the Rams haven't had a first round pick in seven years. They haven't had one since 2016, and they're not going to have one again until 2024. Yeah, which is crazy. Like. People always like a lot of people I've talked to say that building through the draft is the way to go and whatnot, but the Rams are the opposite of that. They keep trading away all their draft picks, and I mean, they're annually right there in the playoffs, so yeah. I, I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting strategy that Les Snead has, uh, the GM for LA. Uh, but you know what they do is they just trade their first round picks for established veterans versus drafting a guy in the first round who's unproven cool. uh, so yeah the the like you said the last first round pick for the Rams um, was Jared Goff number one overall in 2016 2017's first was uh, to the Titans as a part of that trade-up to get Goff. Uh, They traded their 18 pick to the Patriots uh, for Brandon Cooks. They traded back out of the first round in 2019 to the Falcons. Uh, 2020 and 2021 first-round picks are to uh, the Jags for Jalen Ramsey and now 22-23 to the Lions for Matthew Stafford. But, yeah, this is also the first time that uh, two number one overall picks have been traded for each other uh, in the modern era. Matthew Stafford, of course, being the number one overall pick in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but I I am excited for Matthew Stafford, though. Um, I've always been a big fan of his, but 
and I've said it multiple times on this show before, but his career was just being wasted in Detroit. So I'm glad that he gets to spend the last couple of years of his career here with uh, the Rams, or at least as far as we know, it'll be with the Rams. Um, I don't believe there was any sort of contract extension talk or anything, right? At least the, nothing I've heard. No, neither so, Neither quarterback had to get their contract changed. Mm-hmm. So Stafford, what, has two years left, right? Um, I believe so. I can uh, just spot track real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I do know that golf has uh, three, I believe. I'm trying to maneuver, and it's very difficult right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, well, golf has two more guaranteed years. Yeah, that's right. And then he's got a potential uh, opt out there Stafford. before 2023. Stafford's got two. Mm-hmm. 21, 22. That's it. Yeah, so depending on how he does, he could hit the market again, or he might sign the extension with the Rams. Uh, I mean, again, <clears throat> this is a rare trade I think could work out for both teams um, because the Lions need those draft picks, and the Rams, they're really good on defense, as we all know, and the rest of their offense is pretty good as well. So the only thing they were really missing was a superstar quarterback and again I think Stafford as long as he doesn't decline too much I think he can take them to where they want to go yeah I mean you look at it both both quarterbacks have uh, I think anyways plenty of years left with golf being 27 Stafford being 33, and now we're seeing quarterbacks play into their upper 30s and 40s, lower 40s now. So uh, it's not out of the question for Stafford to remain with the Rams for five more years um, before he retires. So the the Rams are in win-now mode. Uh, you know, they, they have the defense. They... I, I still think they need some offensive line work. Uh, they also, I think, need to get a speedster at wide receiver to throw the deep ball to uh, kind of open it up underneath for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, but, yeah, the, defensively, just get some linebackers, I think, and they'll be better. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, too, this, this trade also, I think, shakes up the free agent class that's coming up. Because Stafford's number one target there in Detroit is going to be a free agent. So if Stafford really wants someone he's comfortable with, I could definitely see them going after Galladay now. Well, uh, that might be an issue, uh, <laughs> considering... I, n- I never know what site to actually trust, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to salary cap space because you hear all these things that, like, the Saints are, like, $100 million over. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, when you go to Spot Track, uh, it shows the Saints as having $58 million. Uh, so, <laughs> well, the, the I think the issue is is that they haven't announced the cap yet. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, this this website, Over the Cap, yeah, yeah. has the Saints at negative 112. Um, and the Rams at negative 31, so... Right. That's why, you know, it's so hard to... <laughs> but, yeah, that that's the thing. The, the Rams don't have money. They, they really don't. Especially, they're, they're taking on... Uh, I believe it's $28 million in dead money from golf, mm-hmm. uh, plus Stafford's $19 million salary, um, base salary anyways. 
Mm-hmm. So that is an issue, which they're, I mean, they're among, you know, almost a third of the league that's over the cap right now. So mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be interesting, to say the least, uh, for free agency mm-hmm. coming up for who goes where. Teams that have money, teams that don't. Mm-hmm. And this deal uh, is not official. Can't become official until the, until the new league year starts, uh, which is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, uh, and kind of like a side note with this deal, too. Obviously, only one team can get Matthew Stafford, but I'm curious about, like, what other teams were invested in trying to get him and what their packages were and all that. Um, Because I know a lot of people were pointing at the Patriots as a possible landing spot, but like we had said, Bill Belichick doesn't give up draft picks very often. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so I think that that was a very unlikely spot if they were looking for the kind of uh, package that they got for Stafford, but yeah. Yeah, I, um, there was a bunch of teams in them. The Patriots actually were, is funny that you brought that up because, um, Stafford had a list of destinations that he liked would like to go to uh essentially and the lions wanted to do right by him and send him to one of those places so uh the patriots were not on that list plus uh they only offered a second and a player for stafford uh so that was out of the question automatically essentially Mm-hmm. Um, so they were out very early were the Patriots in the Matt Stafford sweepstakes other teams that were in on him though uh, I heard the Panthers were probably the best offer they had uh, as far as highest first round draft pick this year so mm-hmm. um the Panthers, they were going to offer the eighth round, the eighth overall, um, as well as a couple other picks as well. Uh, Washington also offered their first round pick, so nineteenth overall, uh, a third round pick, and I believe another pick as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the Colts, they discussed uh, packaging picks together, uh, but they didn't offer their 21st overall pick. And then uh, the Niners had talked to the Lions while they were at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, um, and they had planned a check back uh, after the weekend, actually. But then uh, the Rams got to the Lions, and it went together real quick. Um, And at that point, the the Rams offer had gone beyond what the Niners were willing to offer uh, because the the Niners are fine with going forward with Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, Uh they were saying that the 12th overall pick from the Niners was probably not going to be offered, though. Uh Um. So, yeah, Panthers, Washington, Colts, and Niners. And, I mean, I I have heard the Broncos have been in on a bunch of the quarterback discussions around the league uh-huh. as well. So, um, I mean, just looking at that list, though, of teams that had offered things, I think Stafford got probably the best possible scenario he could have. Maybe the Colts might have been better, but – probably those two teams are the best options in terms of winning a championship mm-hmm. um, or chances of winning a championship. But um, 
it's kind of funny because I'm looking at this uh, at the salary cap website that I pulled up, and the Lions are the first or are the last team on the list that is still under the cap. They only have 1.6 million in space according to this website, which probably with this trade probably put them under it now or over it. I mean, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, they take on... Um, I'm trying to remember the number for Stafford's uh, dead cap. Um, yes, yeah, Stafford at 19 million dead. Um, Golf was at 22.2. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's funny for the Lions because, or actually I think it's more funny for the Rams because they're paying golf more than they're paying Matthew Stafford this year. <laughs> of course. Um, but it's, I mean, they must have another plan in place, but just looking at that though, kind of makes it even more interesting that they would make a trade like this to put themselves deeper into the uh, cap issues, but hey, who knows? Like he, but like we said, the package that the Rams did offer was probably too good to let, uh, let go, so. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people think that the Rams overpaid, uh, but again, like I said, I think that the extra first was with the contract from Goff, uh, mm-hmm. as well as that they weren't 2021 first round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to be in the future. So. Yeah. Um, and the other thing with this trade too is, I wonder how much it it affects the other big trade that we're expecting to happen with Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean. The package for Watson has already been set higher than what the Rams gave up for Stafford, but I've been hearing a lot of people saying that they think that this will, at the least, add on like another first-round pick for Watson and make it like four first-rounders for him. But I don't know. I no, I I think. Watson is still going to be three firsts as well as a third, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know. People say that's too much, but also people overvalue draft picks. I know I like draft picks a lot, but when you're getting a guy that's signed for as many years is 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've been saying it all along. I wouldn't mind the Jets giving up their number two pick this year for him. I mean, obviously, with uh, among other picks, but uh, I think that the number two pick, though, is pretty much the value of two first-rounders on itself. So, Well, depends who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> because every team... You know, has different values for draft slots. Uh, mm-hmm. You can use a generic one, the Bill Parcells draft chart, uh, which is mm-hmm. what I use sometimes for fantasy, for dynasty league trades. Um, but no one else uses it, so they don't accept my trades. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, all right. I, I think we we killed the, the trade talk. Until the next trade for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the rest of the news we have. So uh, we'll start off on a morbid uh, route here. Uh, our prayers, our thoughts and prayers are with the Steelers and the Rooney family. Uh, Patricia mm-hmm. Rooney. Uh, passed away this weekend at the age of 88. She was the wife of late Steelers owner Dan Rooney. Um, so, yeah. 
Pittsburgh uh, mourning the loss of Patricia Rooney. Uh-huh. Couple uh, coaching hires this week in interviews. Uh, so the Eagles got their special teams coordinator. Uh, they hired 49ers assistant special teams coach Michael Clay. It's another young guy for the Niners or for the Eagles. Uh, I believe Clay is only um, 29, I believe. Oh. Something like that. He's definitely late 20s. I, I don't think he's in his 30s yet. Um, but yeah, another young guy, though, that. Um, is coming on to Nick Sirianni's staff. Falcons have a, a new coach, and it's a familiar face. That's why I put it on here. Uh, they hired former Texans assistant quarterback coach and Texans quarterback, uh, TJ Yates. He will be uh, their passing game specialist uh, for the Falcons there. So TJ Yates, oh. <laughs> another coaching job for him a promotion actually plus uh that that's just another wrinkle that people want to put out there though in the deshaun watson race like oh yeah tj yates a texans coach is going here put them on the list of deshaun watson (laughs) i'm sure he has no desire to play for tj (laughs) at least not the offensive coordinator but you know um The Vikings, they are interviewing their first candidate for their open offensive coordinator spot after Gary Kubiak retired. Uh, Giants wide receiver coach Tyke Tolbert will be interviewed uh, for the OC job. Worked under Gary Kubiak uh, when uh, the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. So that's all the news. Oh, wait. Actually, I have another one. I forgot. I wrote it down. Uh, the first COVID strike has happened uh, this week, today. Uh, not necessarily going to impact the game, though. Uh, Chiefs center Daniel Kilgore and wide receiver Demarcus Robinson both placed on the COVID list for being close contacts. But both didn't test positive, so they can still play on Sunday if they continue to test negative throughout the week. Hmm. That'll be interesting. Um, and one more coaching thing that uh, that I want to just mention because I don't think it's been made official yet or whatever, but um, I do know that Seth Ryan, Rex Ryan's son, he is joining the coaching staff in Detroit. Um, he posted on his Instagram story saying on to the next, uh, adventure in front of like the lion's logo. So he is joining their staff. I don't know as what, but yeah. Get him on Chris. We'll, we'll <clears throat> ask him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe for next week. All right. Uh, yeah. Very, very short news week this week. Cause everything was about the trade. <laughs> so yeah yep. let's go to the super bowl all right actually i forgot the updated draft order we already got through this though last week uh nothing new mm-hmm. obviously there was no football this weekend as far as nfl games go and, but yeah and no trades yet yeah no trades in the first round because the rams didn't have a first round pick so uh yeah stays pat one through 18 and then 19 through 30. I still didn't correct that, man. I, still <laughs> I corrected some other stuff, though, uh, like the next slide. But, yeah. See, I, I corrected this one. It said championship weekend last week. Championship weekend matchups. But, yeah, it is the Super Bowl 55 week. Chiefs versus Bucks. Um, I believe the Chiefs are wearing red. And the Bucks are wearing white with their pewter pants, I believe. Hmm. As far as I remember, there was one tweet about it that I saw, and it was like <laughs> it was like two weeks ago. Of what? Right after the games finished, they said like what they were going to be wearing. 
um, I mean, kind of surprised at that because I would think that the Buccaneers would be wearing the the colored uniforms because they are the home team. So, well, I I think they have that option, but if they don't, yeah. Well, I think. Well, it always flips every year who the home team is, the NFC, AFC. Well, I just so, looked it up, and I believe it's the Buccaneers. I mean, they are the team on the bottom here on ESPN, which normally means the home team. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. But, but yeah, they, they could have just said, yeah, we're going to wear white. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, would, I would not have made that call, though. I agree. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is very good in red. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like I feel like every time Patrick Mahomes has fantastic games, it, he is playing in his home red jersey. So, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, the only game he lost was in white, I believe, right? They were in Las Vegas for that game this year? Uh, yeah, no, no. That was in Kansas City, I believe. Oh, well, then never mind. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't. That's too far ago. That's too long. Uh, but, yeah. So, we'll have a full breakdown on Friday, but let's just start talking about it a little bit uh, today because we have nothing else to do, and it's only been 45 minutes in a show. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> We need something to last 15 minutes to get it to an hour at least, right? (laughs) But, uh, so, Chris, give me the number one matchup that you are looking forward to watching in this game on Sunday. I'm honestly looking forward to the, uh, I don't know, it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to think about it because I think both of these offenses are explosive um, but I think that the <clears throat> Buccaneers defense is slightly better than the Chiefs defense but then the Chiefs offense is better than the Buccaneers offense so I don't know I think I'm more excited to, or more interested to see how the uh, Chiefs defense holds up against Tom Brady and the Bucks offense yeah, I'm I'm going to go the opposite. I am looking for to see how the uh revamped Chiefs offensive line looks against the pass rush from the Bucks. Uh Mike Remmers slotting over from right tackle to left tackle, Andrew Wiley going from left guard to right tackle. A lot of shuffling going around because of Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher not being able to play. Um JPP Shaq Barrett should have a field day theoretically but Uh, who knows (laughs) um but yeah it'll be a really interesting uh it'll be a really interesting game i think it'll be one of probably the better super bowls that we've had in a while um i think it'll be a very back and forth game i don't know about high scoring but uh i did just when I was looking at the ESPN app here, right now Kansas City's favored by only three points. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be close. Um, I I don't want to give my pick out yet uh, because that'll be on Friday. But um, <laughs> uh, let's say that I'll say this: a team that has red in its colors will win. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh yeah, like I said though, we will have a full breakdown on Friday's show. I will be live in Tampa. Uh I have to see exactly where I will be in Tampa yet uh for the show. I might be able to be on location at the stadium or at least somewhere near it. If I have outlets available somewhere, I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, or if someone wants to buy me a portable charger for my laptop, I don't know if those exist, but, you know, battery pack, whatever, I'll take it. 
<laughs> I mean, if I could, I would. I'd be down there right now with you if I could. Be much better than sitting here under two feet of snow. <laughs> hey, man, it only it, it costs three hundred dollars to go down there with me. <laughs> that that's what half of the uh, apartment is. So for for the three days that I'll be there. All um, right. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm very excited to go down there. Very, mm-hmm. I, I've never been to a Super Bowl site, uh, mm-hmm. let alone an actual Super Bowl game. Uh, so uh, if I can swindle getting into the Super Bowl somehow, uh, I don't know what will happen. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just got to meet the right people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, It'll be an interesting time. I will be wearing my Super Bowl gear there. But as far as next Monday's show goes, it will be off-season week one. Uh, We will have uh, the Super Bowl review as well as the NFL honors breakdown. That will be happening on Saturday night. Uh, MVP, Offensive Defensive Player of the Year, got... Offensive rookie and defensive rookies of the year, as well as the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. All those awards will be given out Saturday night. We'll have the full breakdown on Monday's show. Uh, don't forget as well to always follow us on social media here on Facebook, as well as at FA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAPodcast.com is our website. Go check out all our past episodes there, as well as hit the subscribe button on Spotify. Thank you all for watching, and we will see you on Super Bowl Friday. It's been fun as always.